0: Thank you for listening to the Sacred Commons podcast. If you want to help support us in this work, please visit our website. If anything, just check it out. But if you feel inclined to give, you can do so by visiting thesacredcommons.com. Click on give. Every single cent has an immediate impact and helps us continue to do this. I want to start by asking you a question that I, I don't know what you're going to say, but do you have any enemies right now?
1: I don't know if I have any.
0: (laughs) So who's mad at you? (laughs) I'm sure. Your children?
1: (laughs) Yeah. John Luke made me a sign um, and he put it on my back.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. When did that happen?
1: It was two days ago. He made a sign and he put it on my back. It was small. I'm glad it was small. Diana works at the school where our children go. My mom is a party pooper. (laughs) Because they were playing tag, and they were running all around, and then it started... You told them they couldn't? Mm-hmm. I was letting them go for a little bit, but then the girls started, like, screaming, and it was loud, and then somebody wiped out. Oh, no. And as soon as somebody wiped out, I was Game like, over. uh, yeah, so... Yeah.
0: But he loves you.
1: Yeah. Then they decided to do something that was calmer and quieter, and I was okay with that, but... I still got a mom is a party pooper sign.
0: I think he got that for me.
1: <laughs> Taped it to my back. <laughs>
0: well not the sign, but I've called you that before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he spelled my bad. I don't think he spelled all the words right, but I knew that's what it said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you could still make it out. <laughs> yeah. You misspelled pooper, John Luke. I don't think you have any real active enemies though right now in your life, do you?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think there's probably people out there that are mad at me for something. (laughs) Maybe they're just not letting me know. Hey, haters. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. Well,
0: we're going to talk about why that may be a good thing, that may be a bad thing. I think this podcast is going to kind of center around this radical idea that to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ, to be well-formed in your spiritual discipline, to be a committed Christian— You should have some enemies, and I feel like for a long time people have read the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain, and when they get to that part, love your enemies, you know, they they almost like concede that idea. Like, oh yeah, it's sad that we have enemies, and you know, when Susie down the street is mad that I didn't vote for her pie in the pie competition... That I need to just forgive Susie and love Susie. I'm just—I don't know why I always pick Susie.
1: Yeah. It's
0: my go-to name. I feel bad. It's Betty. my mom's name, and uh, Betty uh, was my grandmother. Oh, sh- dang! <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing everywhere. Um, R- Ronald.
1: <laughs> oh. Do you know any person?
0: You know any people named Ronald?
1: Maybe Ronald, but not pronounced Ronald. <laughs> oh sorry i did have an aunt veronica and we called her aunt ronnie okay (laughs) did i just make up a name does anyone go by the name renault
0: (laughs) it's just it's an it's a matter of pronouncing it right
1: yeah okay anyways i I feel like there was wasn't oh no that was renard (laughs) I had a
0: friend named Bernard. Actually, I think his last name was Wagner, the same last name as your grandmother. So even then, and we're going. I
1: feel like this needs editing. Okay, we're going to
0: wrap it up here. But you know, I, I think a lot of times people kind of concede this idea that it's unfortunate if you have to have an enemy, if it happens and you find yourself in this unfortunate circumstance, then forgive them, love them, if you have to, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Whereas I feel like this quote. I heard a quote from. Pastor Derek Vreeland, who is preaching for uh, Word of Life Church. Is it St. Joe, Missouri? I think Mm St. Joe. And he mentioned this quote that really shook me from Alyssa Flora Bixler. She said, Rightly having enemies is an unsung discipline in the Christian life. I'm going to read that one more time. Rightly having enemies. So she's framing enemy love and this teaching that we find in Matthew's Gospel and in Luke as literally being an unsung discipline in the Christian life, that we need to have enemies, and there's a a faithful way of having enemies. It's not some sort of unfortunate circumstance that you just happen to stumble into where, oh, what do you know, I have an enemy. She's actually saying that when you do this Christian life well and faithfully, you're going to have enemies, and that's a good thing, if you have enemies rightly.
1: I think that's a radical way of looking at, well, maybe not radical is the right word, but I think it's a different way of looking at the idea of enemy because I think we try to avoid having any sort of negative relationships with anybody. So because of that um, natural instinct to try and avoid that at all costs, it's almost like we love out of not wanting to have an enemy rather than Um, loving that category of people in our lives, knowing that that's going to be a byproduct of living faithfully Mm -hmm. and loving faithfully, that that's going to piss some people off. And if I can't say that word, maybe I can say upset some people. Now you
0: have enemies. (laughs) For the wrong reason, I would say that's an unfaithful way of getting enemies. That is an
1: unfaithful way. I apologize.
0: (laughs) First, for the people listening and they're saying, what are you talking about? What what does Jesus say in Matthew's gospel? What does he say in Luke's gospel? For those who maybe you don't follow the lectionary or you've just never read Luke 6, why don't you go ahead and read to them the part that we're talking about from the Sermon on the Plain. Wait a minute. Did we ever introduce ourselves?
1: No, I I suggested you do that today. Okay. (laughs) You do an intro.
0: Okay, here we go. Hey everybody, my name is JP
1: and I'm Diana
0: and you are listening to the Sacred Commons Lectionary Podcast and we are so happy you're here. Thanks for joining us.
1: Today we're Lectionary Musing on the seventh Sunday after the Epiphany, which includes text from Luke 6, 27 through 38, Genesis 45, 3 through 11, 1 Corinthians fifteen thirty five through thirty eight and Psalm thirty seven.
0: Yeah, but you just kick. Just talk about the loop text because right. that's all we got time for. Okay,
1: you can edit that out. I no. guess we put that in it's the cool. description.
0: It's like uh, what you're having for lunch at you know <laughs> when you're at school, high school. It was a nice today for lunch. We will be having tater tots, Salisbury steak. You used to do that, didn't you?
1: I did. I did do that. <laughs>
0: You did. Was that morning announcements? It was. I so wish I could have been there at your school. Shout out Riverside High School in. Where is it located? Elwood City?
1: Mm-mm. It wasn't a part of a city school. Can, you, was-
0: can you give us a little <laughs> flashback? Can you kind of just give us a sample of Getting your work? Topic. Before you read Luke, I'll No, the menu. next
1: time you have a menu for me and I will read I do one right now. Somebody, somebody can submit Somewhere morning announcements, and I will read them for you in my morning announcement voice. <laughs> I feel like those famous voiceover people who get paid lots of money to be like your uh, phone voicemail mm-hmm. message person. Like yeah, but in, having like James Earl Jones to your voice. I remember voicemail.
0: for a while there, like back in two thousand and one, two thousand and two, if you could find a British person, yes, like that was awesome. There's stories about people walking up to British folks on the street, paying them $5 just to record. Hello, you have reached.
1: <laughs> hello. Hello, love.
0: i tell you what. Why don't you just let us do that for you guys? I mean, <laughs> hello, love. <laughs> like, what? The most pervy British back alley guy. Hello, love. <laughs> you've reached John Paul. Just read the scripture okay. for heaven's sake. all
1: right. So the gospel reading is Luke six twenty seven through 38. Jesus said, I say to you that, listen, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, will be put into your lap for the measure you give will be the measure you get back.
0: Okay, so let's first work our way into this idea of rightly having enemies, that this is a faithful part of the Christian life, that if you rightly have enemies, it's a discipline in your life. It's something that can be seen as good, not bad, or at least faithful uh, within your walk of faith. We have to first stop and say, do I have enemies? If so, why? If not, why don't I have enemies? And I think there's a big problem in the church because we assume that if I don't have a lot of enemies, then I'm doing things right. If I don't have a lot of enemies, then I'm that good, fruitful Christian. Mm -hmm. And the problem that I see right off the bat is you're a lot different than Jesus, who we consider to be the embodiment of love and holiness and divinity. And you're saying that because you don't have enemies that you're doing the Christian life right when here you have Jesus who literally is the model of the Christian life, the source of all life. And he had tons of enemies. He had a lot of people who didn't like him. So here's the assumption People, I think, assume that if I don't have enemies, then I must not be antagonistic, I must not be provocative, I must not be argumentative, I must not be dominating, I must be a sweet, loving, kind, caring, compassionate person, therefore I don't have enemies. But what you're doing is you're setting yourself up in contrast to Jesus, who literally was the embodiment of compassion and love, kindness, and he had a lot of enemies.
1: Yeah, because... If you use the word love, I think there's other things that come along with the word love. And when you have justice and when you have compassion and when you do welcome people the way that Jesus did and do things that might go against the religious laws, Mm -hmm. then that is what will happen because it's a byproduct of doing the loving thing. There you go. Then there are people who don't agree with that.
0: Yeah. So if you, if you don't have enemies, or if you have enemies for the wrong reasons, definitely adjust that, right? Like, don't have a lot of enemies because you're a jerk. That's mm-hmm. not the right way, or as Melissa F- Flora Bixler would call rightly, having enemies. If you're just a jerk, then you have enemies for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. But there is, however, this false assumption that The only way to have enemies and cultivate enemies is to be a jerk. The truth is you can be like what you were saying, Diana, very loving, Mm -hmm. working for justice, working to draw the circle wider. If we love and give and share and extend hospitality outside of our group, outside of our party, outside of our family, outside of our tribe, outside of our natal tradition, And all of these lines that they have crafted over the years, once you start to extend hospitality and compassion and dignity outside of those lines, once you start to love enough, in other words, then you will find yourself having enemies by association. And I think that's what Jesus did rightly. I think that's Mm -hmm. what Jesus did every single day of his life is that he loved those people that society said you cannot love them in the way that you're loving them.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that happened was he would love somebody who his tribe that he ascribed to would consider an enemy. So by loving the people that his tribe considered an enemy, he loved those people that made an enemy out of the people that were part of his quote unquote tribe. So Jewish male mm-hmm. loving Samaritan a Samaritan Gino, female right. then makes an enemy out of yeah. Pharisees. Tax and, collectors, t- yeah, prostitutes,
0: exactly. sinners, drunkards. They started calling him one, right? Samaritans, uh, touching the untouchable lepers, mm-hmm. Gentiles, adulterers. I don't know how this quote goes, but I heard once the fastest way to solidify your group is to identify a clear other. Mm-hmm. Once you identify a clear other, this is the the target, this is the one we can all unite in our hatred towards or our frustration against or our disgust. We can heave our disgust towards this other then that's really solidifying and it's an act of solidarity it's a really upside down gross act of solidarity within your own tribe and group but that's a way of doing it right Mm -hmm. and i think we see this in american politics right now Mm -hmm. i think we see this in our culture the us versus them dichotomies that we see everywhere but jesus was willing to shatter these walls these lines cross the line and he was absolutely right in how he cultivated his enemies that was rightly cultivating enemies Uh, and so i think jesus just assumes that if we follow him and we do what he teaches us to do in luke's gospel and in matthew's gospel then now that text makes sense love your enemies the assumption is you will have them and you will have them rightly
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i don't think we should be afraid of that either I don't think we should try to avoid it. Um, just know how to handle it when it when it does arise. Know how to how to approach those people out of love, and yeah, use Jesus as our example. I agree.
0: Mm-hmm. I think his name was. I'm going to Google his name because there's there's a good quote by is it Albert Hubbard?
1: Well, while you're googling, I would also like to do a plug for our book club. Plug and it up. <laughs> I. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was Albert. Go ahead.
1: I was just going to say that in our last book club, we talked about a whole chapter talking about the way of love. And um, if you haven't got a chance to read the book yet, it's The Great Spiritual Migration by Brian McLaren. And he has a whole chapter talking about um, the idea of what it means to live out a life of love Um, and There's a lot of different synonyms for love. And once you start going into the different words that also describe the word love, then it starts to help your imagination grow a little bit, I think so. Mm. Join us if you'd like. It's never too late.
0: Good plug. So this quote from Albert Hubbard, he said, To avoid criticism, you could also substitute that with enemies. To avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. Mm. And I think that kind of plays off of another quote. I'm not certain that they actually know who this quote originates from, but it's similar. If your actions are significant, then you will draw detractors.
1: Hey, haters.
0: Hey, hey, what's that girl that I follow? She starts every single video with that. She's awesome. She's a comedian. Every single video. We
1: probably can't say that on our podcast. huh? I I just thought about that. Why not? Is that like a trademark phrase of hers?
0: No, you can't trademark, hey, haters. <laughs> hey, haters. Hey, haters. But hopefully if you have haters in your life, you have them rightly. You, you can't have them wrongly and celebrate the fact that you have haters. So hopefully whatever they're accusing you this of. This
1: is a good point. <laughs> hopefully whatever
0: they're accusing you of is true. Uh, and it's true for the best reasons. We hope. Mm-hmm. But Jesus was willing to do this. His love was so strong that he was willing to have enemies for it. And Jesus is assuming that we're going to do the same, and that's discipleship, right?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. This is a quote. I think Derek said this. I could be wrong. If we are walking in step with Jesus, we will be out of step in the age we are walking within. You get what he's saying? Say it again. If we are walking in step with Jesus, we will be out of step in the age we are walking in basically saying, if you're walking stride by stride, step by step with Jesus, then you're going to be walking out of step with the age that you're living in.
1: Right. Because the kingdom of God is different than this kingdom. And if we're living in the kingdom of God in the here and now, then it's going to be contradictory a little bit to the cultural ways. It's not of this mm -hmm. world, but as
0: N.T. Wright says, it's for this world. I can't do it. N.T. is That's good, though. That was good. It's for this world.
1: Yeah. And I, I think one thing that we haven't mentioned yet that I think is important with enemy love is understanding. And I think as long as w- we are always fostering a a community and a, a space where um, people can come with their differences and mm-hmm. um, feel that they're being heard and feel that they're um, being understood, I think that that's also helpful. Mm-hmm. And when there are people who, you know, they become your enemy because you're, you are trying to love like Jesus and be like Jesus, there are just going to be some people who they don't want to understand you, you, they don't want you to understand them, but still try to have compassion on those people. That's good. Because, um, yeah, Jesus loves them too. He loves us all and so should we.
0: <laughs> you said that kind of like <laughs> relenting. Like, <laughs> Jesus loves them too. I know. <laughs> uh, I think one of the things we can put a, a tail on this By adding a good point that Derek made in his sermon, and I I feel like this needs to be said many times, that when Jesus tells us to love our enemies and bless those who curse us and pray for those who hurt us and turn the other cheek, don't retaliate, he is not telling us to stay in an abusive relationship. That's right. He's not telling us that we just remain in a toxic environment that we stay in a manipulative environment, that we stay in an abusive relationship. This does not mean that. If you are in an abusive relationship, get out, get Mm -hmm. help. Loving your enemy is not Mm self-hate. Turning the other cheek was a defiant act. It was a way of getting the other to see your dignity, see your humanity, give them an aha moment, a chance to wake up. And so turning the other cheek and loving your enemy is a sign of courage, of strength, of internal boldness. This does not mean that you stay in an abusive relationship. If you're in something like that, leave, get help, let people know, uh, make it really clear. You can't treat me this way. You can't talk to me this way. You can't do these things to me. I just feel like that's important because we Mm -hmm. never want people to read this text and say, or hear this text and say, oh, this is Jesus telling me to stay in this situation and just love them through it. No. Yeah. I don't think that's what he's saying. Love everybody, yes, but this doesn't mean that you give them license to abuse you, hurt you, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was a really, really important note. Yes. So let's, let's wrap it up. What do you think the radical concept is that we discussed today?
1: I think the radical thing is acknowledging that when you are loving like Jesus, that some enemies are going to be created because of your love for people and your love for um, justice and your compassion and the people that you do welcome into the circle like Jesus did are going to be different than what the establishment might say are the right people to be helping or whatever. So uh, I'm not making any sense right now. (laughs) No, that makes good sense. But yeah. So I I think that that whole idea that when you're loving like Jesus, enemies will inevitably be created because of that love and those people, we still have to love them too.
0: Yeah. I wonder if you could give me that. Do you have that list? You know how you read that list of what yeah. love can look like? Let's let's throw that in there because I feel like this would be a good way of taking it out. Because when we say love, it's so general. We need to give other words for love. Okay. So Diana kind of took a chapter from the Great Spiritual Migration and created a list of other words that you could kind of substitute for love. And I think it'd be great to finish out this podcast by creating that list and then saying, do these things to and for your enemies that you have cultivated rightly, (laughs) but these are how you can love them.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's more more language for love. Some other words could be mercy, compassion, peace, reconciliation, nonviolence, kindness, community, solidarity friendship, and humanity. And in the book, he said, I had to decide which element of my faith, my belief system, or my ethic of love, I would be more deeply loyal.
0: Mm. So you could take all of those words and apply them mm-hmm. to the enemies in your life, and hopefully you have some. I think if you live for Jesus and you love neighbor as self, you'll have those enemies in your life. For those listening to this podcast and you're saying, I have enemies, some of them I have in an unfaithful way I didn't acquire these enemies rightly then you know what you need to do I think no one needs to tell you I think you know that reconciliation needs to take place but if you have enemies rightly because you've loved outside the line or because you've uh, drawn the circle too wide and you've reached across the aisle or you have touched the untouchable or you've broken from the status quo and it's got you into some trouble take refuge in the fact take solace in the fact that you are in good company that you have those enemies rightly it it doesn't make it easy but you can love these people through the ways that diana mentioned and you can trust and know that god is still with you you're not alone other people are with you too jesus tells you to rejoice there's a blessedness that's there When you're persecuted because of righteousness and when people insult you and say false things, all kinds. That's what he says in Matthew's gospel. When they falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward. Uh, For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Living a prophetic life, having a prophetic witness will bring some heat into your life. But find the warmth in that. Knowing that you're in the company of Jesus and continue to do the good work, you are known, you are loved, you are pursued by a relentless God. He shares in that communion with you, and that's good news. So, we want to thank you for listening.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: We hope that you are somehow encouraged by this and that you'll join us here again for our next episode.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.